Welcome to the Floor Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Hadeen, owner of Illustrious Hardwoods in Mesa, Arizona. Joining me this week is Amanda Vargas, who is the former owner of Fettle and Fair, which was a health food restaurant in New Jersey. She built that from the ground up with meek beginnings, just selling bone broth out of her kitchen in her home. Uh, She's got a very, very interesting life in that she's legally blind. She's got multiple sclerosis. And none of that's held her back to accomplish all the things she's accomplished. Well, she could have limiting beliefs. Well, she could let society tell her, hey, why don't you just take that easy disability check and and call it a day? She's done none of that, and she will pave her own path, and she's found ways to make her life easier. She actually... uh, didn't accept what Western medicine had to tell her and went and found by changing her diet, how it improved her health naturally. And she's been able to do a lot more than what she could have had. She just started popping pills that Western medicine would have handed out, but we're going to dig into all of that and how business isn't just about knowing the numbers. It's not about being able to just create systems and processes we have to get into not only what your mental well-being is, but your physical well-being, and all of that will come together to allow you to move yourself forward. I want to have a quick shout-out. Thank you to the sponsors that helped make this show happen. John's Manville, uh, International Service Event, Virtual Estimates Now. We'll hear a little bit from them later. And why are you here? Floor Academy is your source every week to be able to take your business to the next level. When you listen to this show, you get little golden nuggets of takeaways that you can go and instantly apply into your business week after week, which are going to make a difference. You may not see it this week. You may not see it in a month, but three months, six months, nine months, a year down the road, as you continue to change, evolve, and become more efficient and more effective in how you build your business, you are going to see that return on investment. We have other programs such as our mastermind groups, so you can reach out about those to learn how you can have not only accountability, but other like-minded businesses around you to help move your business forward in a faster fashion than just getting the free tickets, the free golden nuggets every week. That's enough for me, though. So, Amanda, who are you? What do you do? Why do you do it? Thank you so much. It's awesome to be here. Great to reconnect after all these years. Um, so yeah, my story is uh, kind of a, a good one um, in the sense of, you know, I've, I've always been about inspiring people and, um, you know, letting them know that they have more control over their life and their situation, whether it's health or business. So hopefully someone can take take something good from this. But um, long story short-ish is that um, I became legally blind when I was eight years old. Uh, I have glaucoma, which is really rare for a kid to have. So um, I pretty much am blind in one eye and I have very limited vision, about 10% left in my uh, in my left eye. I can read small print, but I can't drive a car. Um, so it's pretty much like looking through a paper paper towel <laughs> uh, roll most days for me. So um, that was pretty much, you know, kind of the, the regular thing for me um, because it happened so young, my brain adapted and I think I'm able to kind of navigate the world in a way um, that most people wouldn't be able to if they had this happen to them, uh, you know, at a later age. So. Mm-hmm. That challenge, even though it was always there, I never really thought about it. I think it was very lucky in that sense. But when I was 21, I was diagnosed with MS. Um, I was having trouble walking, couldn't bend my my feet or my my toes. My uh, my ankles were buckling. It was very hard to get a diagnosis because at 21, they don't really take it seriously. Um, you know, when you're like, hey, I can't walk. What's going on? 
to make your nuts. So I eventually got one and, you know, they, they pump you full of steroids and tell you to take the meds and they just kind of send you on your way. They don't really give you any sort of guidance on what to do or how to live. Mm-hmm. And at 21, I was, you know, kind of faced with this idea of like, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? I thought by the time I was 30, I would be blind and in a wheelchair. And that didn't really drive with me. I was like, that's kind of, you know, BS. <laughs> I can't really imagine that being my life, um, considering I was so entrepreneurial. Um, you know, I like you and I talked about the other day, we were, you know, always hustling in high school, trying mm-hmm. to sell something out of our lockers. And that just kind of doesn't go away. And I tried to get normal jobs, but it was really difficult, one, because I was so entrepreneurial. But two, you know, when you have a disability that's so up and down, keeping a regular job is very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. So... Fast forward to my 20s, had a bunch of random jobs. Um, I've always been in and out of the restaurant business, but um, with MS, I had learned along the way that, um, you know, diet change and supplementation were kind of like the first thing that you can do to make sure that you are staying healthy. So with MS, again, they just kind of send you home with the drugs. I had found a TED Talk in uh, 2011, so four years into having MS, that changed my life. Shout out to Dr. Terry Walls. She was a doctor with MS. She went from being in a wheelchair to riding a bike for 18 miles within nine months because from changing her diet. So that means cutting out gluten, dairy, soy, processed sugars, um, alcohol, obviously all the things that it's known as like an elimination diet. A lot of people know it as that now. Um, people call it whole 30, you know, you cut all this stuff out for 30 days and then you kind of see how you feel. You're, you reintroduce things, but this diet for someone who has an autoimmune disease, is kind of like the lifelong diet for mm-hmm. the most part. So I did that. Um, I came up all my medications in 2015. I've been living pretty well. I've had a relapse since 2009. So I would say good success for me. Some people are a little weary about the medication thing. I get yelled at by a lot of doctors, got a lot of questions. But for me, I firmly believe um, then and even now that, you know, these diseases aren't necessarily like exactly as they tell us that they are. It's just a cluster of symptoms that your body trying to tell you something's wrong and needs attention. And then we just label them as a disease. And then, you know, for X amount, whatever this medication is or for this treatment. And yes, going down that path can help a lot of people. I did it for a while and it served me for a short amount of time. But I think when you're so young and you think about the extent of your life, being sick for 40, 50 years, you have to kind of think a little bit differently how you're going to handle that. Um, I didn't want to be... I never wanted to be in a wheelchair. I never wanted to go totally blind. So I kind of had a mission to figure that out. So I did really well with that. Um, You know, I kind of just paved my own path. And then as time went on, it was 2016. I started making something called bone broth in my house, which is a slow cooked uh, soup stock bones, you know, beef bones, chicken bones, made a little website, uh, made it definitely look bigger than what it was. I had like a (laughs) virtual office, you know, I got to just like, you know, fake it till you make it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it worked really well. Um, you know, I was just selling friends and family at first and it, within like six months, it kind of just blew up and I was like, oh shit, like I got to get a store. <laughs> I have to do something, right? Looking back, it's, it's, you know, as a business owner, you're like, oh, this thing's going well. I have to like jump and, you know, do this next big thing. And if I could do it all over again, I might not have done it that same exact <laughs> way. Um, but I did. And I, uh, I, I just knew at the time that there was a lot more people like me, people with a lot of chronic illness who wanted to change their lifestyle, but they just didn't have access to the food. So you can go to the grocery store and you can cook everything, but when it came to dining out, quick grab and go stuff, or there was just no options. All you could get was like a burger, no bun, sub french fries for a salad, and that was your only option. It was gross. So you get tired of it, you know, like, you know what? 
eating healthy shouldn't have to be you giving up everything that tastes good. So I, that was, that was my goal to kind of bridge the gap between those things. So, um, you know, as far as the business stuff, but th- this is why I like these podcasts because I get to tell the, the gritty business side of it, not just yeah. the, the fluffy yeah. pretty side, but <laughs> I had no money when I saw my lease. Um, all my friends were like, are you effing crazy? <laughs> you know, if you, I, you need, you know, 50 to $100,000. And I literally had nothing. And I was like, I'll figure it out. Scraped up a couple bucks for a security deposit from a uh, family and just was doing the bone broth, paying me the rent and, you know, trying to figure out how to build that restaurant. I had worked in restaurants for years, but had no idea how to build one out. Mm-hmm. Everyone, the, all the men at the uh, restaurant supply store were laughing my face constantly. I just kept going back and asking them questions. And they were like, hey, kid, you know, if you don't come in here with a menu, we can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I want to make everything. Like, why do I need a menu? Now I know why you need a menu. But I did it. It took me 10 months to get open because I had no money and no idea what I was doing. But I kept figuring out ways to pay the bills. Eventually, I was able to take out a small loan because um, I had really shitty credit from being sick all those years. And like, you know, in and out of like different apartments, going back home, you know, paying for doctors on credit cards. So I was not in a good financial spot whatsoever. But I got open uh, within eight months eight or 10 months, I forget now, um, we expanded. So the space next door had become available. So it was, I, it, I knew it was too early or I felt it like it was too early. I didn't have the money to do the expansion either, but I was like, <laughs> not now than never because the landlord is going to rent out this other space and then I'll never be able to expand. Yeah. So it definitely put a lot of pressure on me to do that. So we did, we built out a pool, cafe, counters, tables, you know, then the original space just became the kitchen. So we had so much more space to cook because each one was a thousand square feet. So not, not a ton of space for a, uh, for a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, that was in 2018 we expanded. We crushed by 20. So that was three years. Um, we did a lot of grab and go. So great schedule nine to four. We used to make fresh fruit every morning. People would, you know, come and buy a whole bunch, sell out, clean it up next day, do the same thing. It was an awesome system. Um, emotionally, physically, mentally, it was a good fit for me having the, you know, MS because I still have fatigue and stuff and just stress. It wasn't breaking. It wasn't breaking me. It was, you know, I had great staff. It was just a really good time. Then of course the pandemic hits. <laughs> so it's March, 2020. We have this awesome business that we grew for three years where people just stay, were understanding the flow. They were coming in and buying their stuff, leaving and just, we had, you know, 4.9 on Yelp, like everything was just good. And so then, of course, like St. Patrick's Day is like, shut it down. And then I'm like, okay, like, what am I going to do? Like, what's the plan? So we kind of, you know, we think two weeks, right? Or no one, no one knows what's going on. Yeah. Once we realize it's like two to four to six weeks in that this is staying for a while. Um, I, I, well, I immediately lost all my customers because we weren't like a regular restaurant. We were grab and go. We would get a lot of the moms, like, who would come in after dropping their kids off from school, get their meal preps for the week, get, you know, some, some gluten-free snacks. Um, by the way, the restaurant, I don't know if we mentioned, but it was hundred percent gluten-free and dairy-free because of <laughs> my nutritional mm-hmm. diet that I was doing. So to make, to make foods that were, uh, good tasting in, in, you know, the, uh, those, I guess, restrictions were always challenging, but it was really good. So, um, yeah, the, everyone was home with their families and I'm like, shit, like, no one's coming back. Like, where is everybody? So immediately I, you know, was faced with, I don't want to be another stat of the pandemic of business closing because I had just also paid off all my debt from like starting. I was like, you know, just ready to go. I'm like, this is where I start making money year three. I'm like, this is it. And then I got knocked on my, on my ass again, uh, which we're all kind of used to, right? It's, <laughs> there's yeah. always something that comes along and uh, knocks the wind out of you once in a while. But um, so I basically in the summer of 2020, 
revamp my entire menu and I made it still within, you know, the, the confines of gluten and dairy free, but um, more family friendly foods. So I just completely adapted the whole business to the pandemic and was like, all right, so pizza, quesadillas, vegan mac and cheese, all the fun stuff that you miss eating when you're gluten or dairy free. Um, but knowing that the whole family could order because this is where the rise of the apps came to, right? So you can go on Uber Eats, DoorDash, everybody, mm-hmm. and you can just get whatever you want to your house in 15 minutes. And I wasn't able to do that with my old bottle. So I had to not only redo my entire kitchen to set it up for this new system, I'm now running like a regular restaurant, which I had never wanted to do because I knew how stressful real restaurants were from being in them. Um, but this was my way to survive the pandemic. So, you know, when we talk about health and, and the mental states, like I... That was probably my first, and I always look at everything as like a blessing and a curse. The curse was that I made myself do something that I inherently never wanted to do and knew that I was in my heart to do. And in the long run, that hurt me. But in the short term, I crushed. In the short term, I met needs. I, you know, did a really great job of creating this new menu in a very short amount of time. Everybody loved it. I gained a whole new customer customer base, which is really, really cool to see like all these people come out of the woodwork and they're like, oh yeah, I heard of you. I never tried it, but your buffalo chicken pizza sounds really good. And my tummy hurts when I eat cheese, so I'm going to try it. And I'm like, all right, great. So that went really well. I actually ended up opening, opening a second store in November of 2020, trying to redo the original model. Okay. So something that was easier to maintain, not a whole second restaurant because... I wanted to grow, but I didn't want all the stress of the actual restaurant. Um, that things were good. It was, you know, great location, great brand. It was, you know, business-wise, it was a very, very smart decision. But then, as the pandemic kind of was winding down, now we're in early 2021, and this is like the wave of the free unemployment, right? The extra money, and my staff, who's making between fifteen and twenty dollars an hour, is going well love you but i can you know go start my own thing now and like have this kind of hold me over and so just like that i'm paying for everybody's unemployment so it ended up being like a really tricky time um because i needed staff to (laughs) to run these two Mm -hmm, locations mm -hmm. and i ended up uh getting i ended up selling the one to a former employee which ended up working out really well the second location i just started this is when i started to not feel well again so after all these years feeling really great i started feeling well and then um, I was like, all right, well, the first thing I could do is just alleviate some stress, right? We all know stress is not good all for right. us. Let me, let, hold, let, let me stop you, okay? Hold on. Let's, let's, let's go back a little bit because I want to dig a lot deeper into a lot of this, okay? But okay. All right. essentially, yeah. you've built, you've been diagnosed, you found a way to deal with it. And then you went and you built this business. So now I want to, I want to like go and, and it was successful. And then it, turned on you because it got so stressful because well employees are hard and they're the hardest part of any business i but let's let's go back because this could have gone a whole whole different way in that look you're eight years old you get told hey you're legally blind like it and but you you made the comment of I overcame it probably because I was so young. Like I was able to adapt because that there was no negative mindset instilled to you at eight years old. Like everything is still pretty damn rosy at eight years old where you're just like, oh, well, I guess this is how it is. Like I'll, I'll have fun and, and move on. And you weren't, you weren't totally blind at that point, right? Like it got, it's been progressively worse yeah, well, over the years. Over the years, years it gets a little, for sure. Yeah. I was but, still playing sports and stuff that age. I was okay. getting, getting hit in the head a lot with, <laughs> with stuff, but I was still trying. But I, so, I mean, what was that even 
like. I mean, that's a life changing thing at eight, but you don't you didn't let it warp your your mindset of things. A lot of people could take that and turn dark very quickly. So how yeah, do you I even mean, begin to process that or what were you what was your it, it was I've got to assume it was a lot on, on your parents of instilling like it's fine we're going to do whatever and like encouraging you to continue to push yourself past what you think your limits are. Right. So I mean as kids are the most resilient of anybody for sure you don't even things aren't even problems to kids right you're just like i just want to go out and play like i'm taking all this medicine like okay great i'm you know i'm I'm ready to go and i think my parents being resilient definitely i should say my mom like my dad cried a lot but (laughs) my mom was very resilient she never treated me any differently than any of my siblings or my cousins uh you know i still got in trouble like everybody else and i think um what I've seen, because I actually ended up working, going to a camp for blind kids and visually impaired kids. And I worked there for years, also in my 20s, teens and 20s. And what I saw was the parents who babied their kids and their disability and used their own guilt and fear and just projected onto their kids. Those are the kids that end up being extremely challenged when it came to being independent. Those of us who had parents that treated us normally and, you know, kind of just like let us figure it out and you know, sink or swim um, with mm-hmm. our vision, you know, they're supportive, but they didn't baby us. We're the ones who pretty much excelled. So that was part of it as a kid. It was hard as a teen when you, you told me, you know, you told me you can't drive a car. As an adult, that's become much more frustrating. Um, I can't tell you how many times in my 20s I was waiting for buses for an hour and a half in the freezing cold, going back and forth to jobs. And it just, it definitely caused a lot of anger. Uh, which is something I've had to work on, but Uber and <laughs> other car share, uh, you know, apps like technology has mm-hmm. been phenomenal for it. So you, again, I'm very lucky. I, I can see small print. I can see you know my my phone screen, but there's a ton of technology for other people who are uh, legally blind or or totally blind to make life significantly easier, which is cool. So so it's gotten easier over time. Obviously, the the world has adapted to make things more accessible, but the way we do things with you you don't have to wait around and like hail a cab in in new york anymore right like you can pick up the app and uber or lyft comes and and gets you straight away you know within a couple of minutes so things have changed but i think that's awesome that the your your parents were encouraging and and let you kind of go and i'll I'll say we do the same thing with my daughter with down syndrome like let, mm-hmm. she's she's other than she has a learning disability go kid like you got to do this stuff i I can't yeah it's frustrating to try and look at an 11 year old child and realize that she's like four or five but once you get to that point where you're like okay let me put this in terms of where she's actually at and hold her accountable to that skill level you got to go do it kid because i'm not always going to be here and at this point in life your brother loves you but he hates you and uh, he ain't going to help you either. Like, if you ask him, you know, hey, you going to take care of her when mom and I are gone? He's like, no, no, she's annoying. I don't like her. Right. So it's, I, it's funny because it is a, it's a lesson that that flows over into business, because even when you have employees like I, I got caught up a lot with doing stuff for my employees because they either needed the help or they weren't doing something right. And I was getting frustrated and I would step in and. I was doing them a disservice by doing that instead of delegating and teaching and showing like teach men and fish kind of thing. It's the same thing, whether it's, you know, your, your children or, or your employees a lot of the way you want to guide them, but you don't want to do it for them. Yes. Uh, we definitely talked about that on here before and that it's, it's hard for 
tradesmen, I think, especially because it's it's a, it's an art form, right? I'm trying to do this thing and it's got to be perfect and I'm the only one that can do it. And yeah, you can keep That's doing that five right. minute task over and over and over again for the employee, or you can spend the two hours to train them correctly and let them right. take over that five minute task and you'll free up hundreds mm-hmm. of hours over years. But it's, it's hard right. to get past that of like, just move. I got it. Come. And so you got to, you, you have to move out of your own way and, and allow people to succeed. Uh, I mean, what was it like, you know, you diagnosed with, with MS in, in your late teens. So not completely done with, with high school, right? That was, I was, was, I was 20, 21. Oh, I'm sorry. 21. So I, was, I apologize. But I, okay. Yeah, I was out of school. I was working full time. I did two years of college and I was just kind of working and mm-hmm. figuring out what to do with my life. Okay. So weird time. So you, but I mean, you, okay. So you, you make it through, you get through high school, you try college, not necessarily your thing. I, I can't even begin to fathom why being an entrepreneur, <laughs> but okay. So we, you have MS and once again, you get this diagnosis. It's like, well, you're wheelchair bound, like congratulations, have fun with, with life. But you, and there was a battle for a bit. So kind of work me, walk me through this, this battle, because I think there was a lot of growth that had to happen for you mentally to even begin to say, you know what, like, what are my options? What can I do? And find Dr. Dr. Wells, right? Like it, that didn't happen without you really wanting to change what was given. But I, it, it sounds like for a minute you were kind of going <laughs> down that dark path. For sure. And I think, you know, the first thing they tell you, because there's no support in any chronic illness diagnosis, there's very, very little support, whether it's like celiac disease or cancer, like they kind of just, you're left to find your own. So the first thing they said was like, join MS support groups online. And I was like, okay. And I like went to one or two of them and just so negative. These people were just like complaining. And I was like, Ugh, like what, you know, as an adult, it's really easy to kind of uh, confide in that or feel connected to that. But at the age at the age I was, I was like, this is gross. I was like, this is not what I want. This is, this is not helping me. This is, this is scary. And so I immediately like clicked out of them and every, no one else knew how to help me either. Right. So my best friend at the time was going through nursing school and she's coming over with stacks of papers and saying like, you're, you, you're going to go through this. You're going to go through that. And I was just like, la, 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 that kind of thing. Because I knew that somewhere deep down, like even at that age, I knew that there was some sort of lesson in it, but I didn't know what it was. And I didn't understand at the time. Um, and I knew that I knew that because of what I went through with my vision. I was like, all right, well, I had this vision loss and then I was able to work at the summer camp for blind kids and help other blind kids. And it was the most amazing experience of my life. And I was like, so some, this is happening to me for a reason. I just don't know what it is yet. But it didn't really change the fact that I was like depressed. And the thing about depression and disease, like if people are going to say, of course you're depressed. Like you have cancer, you have MS. Like why wouldn't you be sad? Mm-hmm. It's not just the mental aspect of it. It's like a very deep physiological and biological thing happening. So when people have chronic illness, they tend to have anxiety and depression because they have poor gut health. Like a lot of our serotonin, actually most of our serotonin is made in our gut. So if you're struggling with anxiety and depression, chances are that um, there's something wrong in your microbiome. Um, When we start, you know, we hear about gut health for, you know, the last few years, um, you know, take probiotics and that's pretty much it. That's kind of the extent of where, you know, mainstream media has gotten with it. But um, there's a lot of things that could be wrong. You could have some infections like H. pylori. You could have um, imbalances from taking too many antibiotics over the, over the years. Alcohol and pesticides break down your stomach lining. And what happens is things like 
casein protein in uh, uh, like dairy products will seep through that stomach lining. Things like gluten will seep through that stomach lining. Those proteins go into your bloodstream, go straight to your brain, break the blood-brain barrier, and cause all sorts of inflammation and symptoms. So I obviously didn't know that at the time, but I, I knew that that was kind of what might have been. I knew something was, was wrong, but I didn't know what. I knew MS wasn't happening okay. because of MS. I knew MS was happening because of something else. So I was just reading and trying to find things. And I honestly, it was just shit luck that I met somebody who told me about these things. Someone who told me about Dr. Wall, somebody who told me about gut health, the paleo diet. And I just became immediately obsessed. I had two friends who were just in, in it with me, right? And we were like grilling all the time. We completely changed our diets together. And I was like a superhero. I was sleeping five hours a night, fully rested. I had no fatigue anymore. Like I was just, I, I, my whole life changed. And I was like, I have to tell the whole world <laughs> about this. Like this is real and everybody needs to know. And everyone's suffering for no reason. And I was just so fired up that that just became like my life. And um. I, I start on the road to figure out how can I make this profession? How can I make this part of what I do? And how do I get the message of you have more control than you think? And I actually ended up doing my own TED Talk in 2016 about diet change. And this was when TED Talks were not really, they weren't storytelling TED Talks yet. I was probably one of the first ones to do that. They were very science-based, right? And so I just went in there and I told my story. And just so people knew in the messages, you know, uh, you have more control than you think. The, the title was The Illusion of Convenience because Everyone thinks you can take a pill, you can do this, and everything goes away. And you can mask symptoms with pills for a certain amount of time, but if you don't fix the underlying root cause, like in functional medicine, as they as they speak about, like, then you're not going to get better. And people just don't even believe that they can get better. And so that was my mission when I started the restaurant, was that, hey, here's the food, here's the stuff you need, but also, you know, a mindset check. Do you know that you can have more control over these things? And I don't know how anybody, I don't know anyone who's gone through a bad like cancer treatment or other like, you know, serious health issue and came out the other side who didn't have a good mindset, who didn't believe that these things were changeable. And it's the same thing with business, right? If you're just like, oh, everybody hates me. I'm getting bad reviews. My employees aren't listening to me. You know, it's something like you get in that funk, that downward yeah. spiral yeah. and it's immediate. You're creating your future right in front of you, whether it's business or health. Or life, or whatever it is, relationships. If you if you think you're going to fail in health and business, you're going to fail. If you think you're going to win, you're probably going to win. I look. That is absolutely great advice. It's it's amazing. I had someone join the what the mastermind group. And he was like, oh, "Look, I'll set goals, but I don't believe in them. I hate them. Like they're stupid." So <laughs> here we are, twenty one months later, and he's like, "All right, you were right." Like I was wrong. I need them. They're super important. You can't do shit without them. Like we have to have them. And I'm like, now you get it. Like, it, but you're you're right. You know, if you if you put something out there and then you find a way to achieve it, it becomes way easier. And if you sit there and you focus on the negatives, which I I've done for many 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 years before getting into the flooring industry, it was like, woe is me. I'm the victim. I got a chip on my shoulder. Life didn't go anywhere where I wanted it to because I was so focused on being negative. And so this this growth mindset instead of scarcity and trying to find the positives mm -hmm. in everything and really looking at how do I develop myself and change me so I can become a better version, which then it affects the other people around me. It has done mm -hmm. way for me in a much shorter time than the previous 
I don't know, 35 years probably. I feel I feel like I've accomplished more in five years than I have in like 35. But right, it also, right. you know, putting yourself around people that wanted to buy into it with you. You know, the minute I stopped hanging around all the negative people in my life and I went and found, you know, people will say, look, if you want to become a millionaire and you're hanging around people that make, you know, $10,000 a year, which I, I don't know anybody that does that. Fifty thousand. If you're hanging around with people that make $50,000 a year and spend it all on you know, boats and more debt and just doing, having really stupid decisions. What do you expect to do in your life? You're, you're going to imitate what you're around. You want to be a millionaire, go hang out with millionaires and see what they're doing. That mindset and how they interact with people is going to rub off on you. And then when you hit that status, go hang out with the multimillionaires because they're doing something different, right? You have to keep leveling up and you went from I don't want to feel this way anymore this isn't working for me to let me find these people that are doing things that are working for them and it it continued to blow up in a, in a volume view over the next few years and so um, I want to start looking at that I'm going to interrupt us real quick and we gotta we gotta have a quick message from GoBoard. GoBoard is engineered for durability, yet up to 80% lighter than cement boards. Easy to cut and handle. It can be cut on site right where it's installed using a basic utility knife without crumbling or disintegrating. Man, you got you to gotta focus on this, Kyle. Get it together. Best of all, the waterproofing is built in. GoBoard half-inch thick 48 by 64-inch panels are now available. Ask your supplier to bring it on for you. Visit www.jm.com slash go board for more information great product guys you are missing out if you're not using it it will make your life much much easier i promise and you get it if you have questions you get to talk to shauna and shauna's absolutely amazing all right amanda we are we're getting this we're, we're developing a new me which i think is like super duper important because you can't stay the old you and expect things to be different so mm-hmm. we we are we've learned that we can change what we put in our body to get a different result out of our body, not only physically, but it does affect the the mental as well. And then you start having this positive mindset, and you notice people are negative, and you're like, "Now nah, you got to get out of my life." So I'm just, like, how much besides when you change your diet? Like, how much did your friend group change? Um, <laughs> I'm very lucky that I have such a close knit friend group and with my, my black, I'll call them my blind camp friends that, I mean, they ripped me, they ripped me for years. Like, Oh man, just bring our own food everywhere. Man, they should better than us, but they were, it was from a loving place. Right. And these are people I'll, I'll be friends with until I die. So that segment, they, they rode with me. And the funny thing is now all like the handful of them that have health and wellness issue or health issues. I mean, one of them, the last guy you thought in the world who would have gone gluten-free had really bad migraines. And, you know, he went gluten-free, uh, you know, a friend has been diagnosed with cancer, like on her first phone call. And, you know, so I was setting the example for that group. I didn't necessarily go, oh, well, these people don't believe in what I believe. I'm going to get myself away from them. But I did have people like that. But I think, you know, you, you kind of you have to look at, at your 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 people and go, who do I love? Who do I want in my life forever? Do I just want to be a shining example for them? Because I know that this is something they'll need. They're just not there yet. Um, and and those people are, are still here. And that, that's great. And I've been an example for them. And then, of course, there's the people who it wasn't even around the, the food and the diet change. It was just more around the like 
I think when people get weird about stuff, it's because of their own insecurities, right? They, oh, they sure. want to be like you, right? They're just, something is hurting them. And I think, you know, I've, I've tried to take a softer approach to that in some ways. And I, I say, hey, you know, don't be a victim to your situation. Like, if you want to learn about this, like, I'm here to, to teach you and show you. Because I think a lot of people, their automatic reactions to just put the guard up. And because they're afraid of change. But then if you're like, no, 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 it's okay. Come here. Like, let me, let me show you. And you kind of bridge the gap for them they're willing to learn with you. And I think it's just, I don't love the like cancel culture of like, you know, Oh, you're not my, I I'm, I'm this new person. You're not going to be my friend anymore. We have those people like, you know, um, I didn't talk to like a, like my mom basically for like a year, like recently because of something like that. Mm-hmm. And now we're fine. We're cool. But like, sometimes you do have to take a break from certain people. Um, and, but just knowing who's worth taking that break from and like who just needs like a little, you know, well, you know, uh, yeah, no, no, check this out because they might be interested, but don't just, you know, cut out everybody just because they're not 100% understanding it. No, I totally, it's not about, you don't have to cut everybody off and some people need a bigger nudge than, than others. Um, I, I, once again, I deal with a, a group of individuals that are very hard headed. Yes, <laughs> it's very male dominant. I live in Jersey, man. I, I yeah. hear that. <laughs> it's, it's 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 a male dominant industry with a bunch of hard headed guys that have been doing it twenty years, and it and right. it works just fine, right? And so we don't have to change what 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 works. And I'm like, well, does it really work? Because look where you're at. Like, <laughs> right. That's, sometimes sometimes thought. it doesn't always work, but it, it's yeah, yes. Though, you right? have to give give them the benefit of the doubt. Work with them, and if you if you keep banging your head against the wall, yeah, you can move on, but. I, yeah. I like the approach of okay. Look, hey, I'm here. I'm willing to help. When you, you that know, I take the same my, thing. My message my, is my here when you need it. <laughs> Go. I'm sorry. Go, it it kind of it cut out. I believe on the audio. Oh, I was just joking. I was like, that's my feminine side coming out. You know, you always want to like nurture a little bit, and you know, even even with mm-hmm. employees, I think you know, it's I I became more that way over the last few years because of my employees like learning how. I, when I first opened, I would expect to just hire really good people. And if I hired well, they would do what they were supposed to do. And, you know, especially during the pandemic, where there's such a shortage of, of employees, you really had to, like, meet them where they're at and teach them and, you know, show them exactly what it was that you wanted and needed. And so, you know, I tried to carry that over into the into the personal, too, and, and back and forth because it was just a different time. I think people need a little bit more guidance um you know especially when you're trying to just surround yourself with good people who want to learn i love teaching people i you know i love surrounding myself with people who know what they're doing and who are more successful than me but i think you learn a lot when you're teaching as well too so i always want Mm -hmm. to keep a nice balance of both for sure i you look you generally will preach and and teach what you need to work on yourself because that's where you're at and what you're (laughs) going through so i think it's it's a great skill to have to exercise that but this meeting them where they're at thing and, you know, developing that mindset over, oh, I just got to hire great people. I, that's something that I've, I've really realized too, is these, a lot of people want to hire someone and they're like, well, I don't want to hire a lot of trades. People will say that they don't want to hire anymore because they're sick of training everybody and they leave. Well, that's because you keep looking for all of these A players, which there's very few A players. A players are going to want to go do their own thing. That's what. That's why they're A players. And right. But nobody wants to hire C and B players because, well, I can't deal with that. I don't have time for that. If you can't find a way to take C and B players and turn them into like B plus or like low A players, 
that's that's a you problem and you have to figure that out because that's how you're going to grow your business with employees. It's the B and C guys that you can change into higher level guys that will stick around and be really loyal and want to continue to help you grow your business. They don't have the ambition to go out on their own. They don't have the what it's going to take to go and build something up and put in 18-hour days for six months straight to have it all. They're just going to say, you know what? I like showing up, collecting a paycheck. I'm happy to do it at this level, and you found ways to hold me accountable and and, and do it. So what was... You had a pretty quick evolution in that, apparently, because you you opened the business in, in what did you say, 2018? Six years total I had Six, it. Okay. But, you know... How fast did you learn, like, all right, screw it. I'll just take anybody that, like, has a pulse and, and find a way to develop them? <laughs> During the pandemic, um, that was definitely the case because there was no one. I mean, there was a there was a period of time where I worked alone for about four, four or five months by myself running an entire restaurant. I had, like, one dishwasher kit. So at that point, I was taking anybody. Um, and they they were D players, most of them, C and D. I think I had like one or two Bs, like over you know year and a half, two years. And um, the funny thing is, you know, I I could sit here and lie and say, yeah, you know, like I did this to develop them and blah blah blah. The truth is that I that's when my mental state was starting because of the stress, right? And this is you know what I hope to talk about is like yeah. the, when the stress starts creeping in, you start making bad decisions, and if you don't learn how to manage that stress. Um, you'll you'll ruin your own business. You'll just implode from the inside out. So that's what was starting to happen where I was so stressed and so tired and so fatigued and not taking care of myself um, because I was trying to keep this this business alive during the pandemic that I started to really struggle. Um, and I would start not playing. I never did the blame game. I was you know, never like, this is your fault because I, you know, at this you, you can't be like that. You learn that very quickly, uh, you know, with the first five minutes of being an entrepreneur, you can't blame other people. But um, I wasn't making clear decisions and I was not putting the time and the effort into the staff that I should have been. And then I was getting shitty results because I just didn't, I didn't have the physical capacity and the mental capacity to do it. Like I had the first three years, mm -hmm. first three years, I, you know, I could work 10, 12 hours a day. I could work 24 to 30 days in a row without a day off by the pandemic. I was maybe like, I could do eight hours and I need, I need one day off a week now. So I adjusted my hours and and I, these were signs and symptoms that I was seeing that I didn't know what were happening at the time, but looking back now, I was like, oh my God, this is so obvious that I was, I was like coming down. Like I did it, my body and my brain, and my mind were not able to keep up with my ambition and my goals. Um, and I just kept pushing through it instead of somehow stopping to rest and like, re, you know, refill my cup so that I could be that good boss. I could be that good leader. I could be that good mentor. And it's, I think, I think that's a place where I see a lot of people start to think about closing their businesses. Um, I, I don't think most businesses close because they don't have a good product and they're not selling and, you know, maybe their numbers are a little messed up. I think everything's pretty much revivable until you get to the point where your health starts to suffer or your marriage is suffering because you're just acting like a jerk because you're just too strung out. You know, we have a nervous system right mm -hmm. inside of our body that is in a brain that is meant to keep us safe. It's not meant to keep us happy. It's very primal and we have fight or flight responses. And when you're under chronic stress for a long period of time, you're basically, your body starts to shut down. Your adrenals start to blow out and eventually you're just kind of running on fumes in a way. 
And once that happens, if you don't learn to refill your cup or give your body what it needs, like you're just not going to be able to run. And this is where you start seeing people. It starts very simple. It starts with not being able to sleep. It starts with, oh, my stomach hurts, acid reflux, um, back pain, hand pain. You know, you're maybe your arthritis, right? And you guys probably do a lot of a lot of work, obviously, physically. Your back's hurting more. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might be masking it with Advil because you're just taking it every day anyway because of the pain. But that's your body potentially telling you something. You might not think it's mental stress doing that to your physical body, but it is. And so those are usually the starter signs. Mid middle signs are like, you know, maybe you start you start having heart palpitations. You go to the heart doctor, you're like, oh, something's, you know, I would just want to get this checked out. Or like your your uh, blood sugar starts getting out of whack. Yeah. Other stuff like your cholesterol going out of whack. This is these are not just signs of aging. You're, you know, you're 40 years old. You should still be relatively healthy, right? You shouldn't have any of those things, especially because you are such an active person. It's the mental stress that is being downloaded into your physical body. Mm-hmm. And so once once that was happening to me and I wasn't realizing it, um, I just kept going until I pretty much I almost I I probably could have died last year <laughs> looking back on it now. Okay. And thank God I was able to figure it out. But that's pretty much what what led to me um, starting to look at my options for selling my business because health. And I think that if people can catch that those signs early mm-hmm. and they give themselves an, an, enough time to either A, figure out a game plan to go, hey, I need to take care of myself so I can get my business back up and running the way it needs to be running so it's successful and for the next 5 to 10 to 20 years. Or you start to go, hey, you know what? I've done this for 10, 15 years. Maybe, maybe this time I, I think about something else. I might want to have another, you know, career in my lifetime. Um, and that's kind of where I was at at 30, 36. I was like, okay, I think I have a life after restaurants. Let me see how I can get my shit together so I can sell my business. And, and then there's people who don't do any of that. And then they just get really sick and they just close and they don't get to sell the thing that they worked really hard for. Mm-hmm. I think it's about creating boundaries is, is how I would yeah. put it. I think that's essentially what you're talking about is that, a lot of the the young guys get into the trades and they'll go 12 14 16 hours a day 6 7 days a week and they're they're proud of it and look at me and I can do and I'm like dude I was able to do that too not worth it like please listen to me I'm not that much older than you I'm not the super old man yet I'm I'm 40 years old <laughs> Don't do it because that's why your your knees aren't going to work and your shoulders not going to work and you're going to have undue stress. Like charge enough to make it worth your while to do an eight hour day, work five days a week, take weekends off. Like you said, you got to refill your cup, do things for you, take vacations, enjoy your life. Like you have to live for for you while you're serving other people most of the time. And, (laughs) you know, you're talking about if I if I'm eating better and what I'm putting in, I'm going to get better results out of it, which affects all of it. The people I surround myself with. So all these things start playing together to make your business run a lot smoother. And that's why I, I wanted to have you on, because I think this is the most important part of this discussion is figuring out how do we start combining all these things together and a lot of oh, I don't I don't need to eat better. Well, look, a lot of us eat like shit. Look, I know what you do. Okay, you go to the gas station in the morning to fill up the truck or the van, whatever you got. You're gonna walk inside, and you could grab a donut, you could grab a breakfast sandwich, or you might be the guy that doesn't have any breakfast, but you're grabbing five monsters for the day or whatever your brand of choice is, and then you're gonna live on those all day. If you do decide to take a lunch. You're, you probably didn't bring your own, 
and you're leaving and you're going to go get some kind of fast food gut rot just look i eat it i ain't proud of it i i eat far less now than i have in years past but it ain't helping you do anything and then you're going to come home and you are probably having maybe some type of sensible dinner uh, unless you live by yourself and i don't know a lot of young guys that make their own food so you're going to like pop in like a pizza or some kind of TV dinner thing, which is just more processed crap. And then you're going to have a couple of beers or, mm-hmm. or some kind of, of liquor mixed with soda or something. Maybe you drink it straight, which is, I guess, slightly better, but not really because the alcohol is not doing you any favors. And, and look, I'm not perfect. I don't have it all figured out. I'm not trying to like, I am you guys. I, okay. I am you. I have all these same problems. I'm working through them slowly. But I can tell you that I feel a lot better with having changed my diet and working out beyond just doing what I do on the job site after nine months. When I actually go and do the work every day, I feel better. Amanda clearly feels better and is up and walking because she's changed how she lives her lifestyle that she went off her meds and the doctors think she's crazy, but here she is doing it. So let's let's dig deeper into this and how it all Look, you're no medical expert. Okay, let's put that out there. Disclaimer, asterisk. Like, this is, she's done it for her. I'm a professional patient, as I like to say, after 30 years. Okay. (laughs) But let's dig further into this, right? So, like, you started with with bone broth, right? So, what what is this doing for me? Like, what can I go to do and change? Like, it it, essentially, you can like reset yourself in 30 days if if I remember your, your pitch correctly. It's you want to really commit to it. I, th- I think the best way for me to give your uh, audience value is to pretty much say, here's the handful of things your your guys can do or gals or whoever's listening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, men men and women's bodies are a little bit different, so I'll mainly make it for men. But um, here are the handful of easy things to do to just make a little bit of a change. But I, you know, there's that Jersey side of me that's like, you know what that road leads to. Like you see every other. 55, 65-year-old guy who's been in the industry, are they in good health? Are they going for heart checkups? Like, I don't, I'm sure there's a thousand examples and everybody knows that guy. So I'm going to tell you how to be the other guy or gal. And uh, hopefully you guys take that advice. If you don't, you know, it's, you guys have a choice, right? There's a fork in the road. Like you're hearing this right now. This might be the thing that changes, you know, how you, how you wake up on Monday and, and handle your business and your life. And I hope that, you know, take some of this advice because, I'm telling you right now, as someone who's been really sick, you have all you all you want when you are unwell is to be better again. And when you are unwell, you only have one wish, right? When you're well, you can have all the dreams, all the goals, all the aspirations, and that can be taken away from you in a second. So think about that as I tell you these tips, and I hope you guys use them. So um, bone broth was great. Um, I don't know if people have access to it as as easily as here in New Jersey, but. A lot of local farms don't buy the crap in the store. It's not the same. Don't waste your money. I'm just going to tell you right now because the stuff on the shelves is not real bone broth. You can easily make it um, at your house, just like chicken, beef, uh, chicken, beef bones. You slow simmer for 48 hours on the stove. Try not to burn your house down (laughs) and then you just drink it. And what that does is helps to heal and seal your gut. So like I said, how your gut becomes permeable from like alcohol and pesticides over the years, it seals it up so that 
you're absorbing your nutrients and that, um, you know, you can actually not have as much as, uh, as much of an uh, inflammatory response to foods like alcohol and stuff like that, or sugary processed stuff. Realistically, it's going to be hard for people to get their, their hands on. So there's some supplements you might want to start taking. Um, glutamine is really great for gut health. Uh, and maybe what I'll do is I'll send you a, a nice little list of kind of like a starter um, okay. if you want to email it out to people of, of what they could do. Um, basic supplements that make everything easier. Magnesium, 500 milligrams of uh, magnesium glycinate. That's going to keep your joints and everything nice and lubed up. Um, it's going to help prevent some inflammation. Uh, magnesium is used for over 300 processes in the body. So just you get depleted with stress as well. So if you're having a really, really high stress week, take like 800 milligrams a day. And it'll just make everything go better. You you know you won't have be having mood swings and feeling stressed or anxious. Um, B vitamins, a nice B complex, I'll be nice and energized as well. And just the basics, take a nice multivitamin. If everybody does just that, just those basic basic things, but you do it every day, and like a, a co like a omega three fish oil, something like that, you guys will be able to go from having like I don't know six to eight hours of good energy a day to ten to twelve just by that. And staying hydrated, right? I always, mm-hmm. I always see the guys coming out of the stores with the monsters. Drink some water, guys. Get some electrolytes. Electrolytes are everywhere. Just mix them in the damn water. And get potassium, sodium. You guys are sweating. You're working so hard every day, and especially somewhere you know, like like you are in the heat. Like you, you need you gotta replenish those things. And so when you're depleting from crappy food, that we the best thing you can do is add, right? It's not always easy to take the bad food away, but you can always add the good stuff in first. Yeah. And then uh, it actually helps with like cravings and stuff too. If, if they're doing that. Um, if you're going, if you are the guy who's having a bunch of drinks that night, definitely recommend something called binders, something like activated charcoal. That's like, you know, what they used to pump your stomach with <laughs> if you OD, but they make little capsule versions of it. It'll help pull out some of those toxins uh, after drinking alcohol so that your body's not absorbing it as much. And uh, I personally love like saunas and detoxing, just really basic stuff. Go sweat in the sauna once or twice a week. Um, you know, if you're someone who likes to meditate and do all that, like, we'll never say no to that that's always helpful but those are the basic health things i would say and then trying to find ways to alleviate your stress because that's going to be obviously the, the biggest thing that i think is going to kind of keep you stagnant long term and keep you from growing your business so the the stress thing i think is the one of the biggest ones in that you tend to get stressed because your business isn't going the way you want it to go <clears throat> And then you're so fed up with it because you're putting in the extra hours to manage it, right? So if you're supposed to be having an eight-hour day, it becomes a 10-hour day and you're stressed out and then you have some other things to go do and then you have a family to come home to and and, and you deal with that. But you're not going to fix it without finding the extra time to put in to get over it. So how do you get more stressed to get (laughs) de-stressed? Right. I mean, essentially, that's what you're doing, right? Like you have to you have no. to suck it up, buttercup. Like you have to put in that extra time. <laughs> um, people have a lot more time than they think. And again, I think your industry is a little bit different. I think most people are not as physically active and have to do long, long days of jobs. Mm-hmm. But honestly, it's I think, like I said, it's setting boundaries, planning right the night before. Dumb shit, dude. Just like let. Oh, can I say shit? I'm sorry. Do whatever you need to do. Okay. <laughs> All right. Like lay out your clothes the night before. Like make less. De- make it easier to make less decisions. Make your lunch the night before if you want to start taking it. Um, 
have your list of things you're going to do. Like get, if you leave your house 20 minutes earlier, you know, to get stuff done, to so come home 20 minutes earlier, there's just very basic things. So setting up your day the night before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, delegating is really going to be the biggest thing, I think, depending on the size of somebody's team, right? If you're by yourself, I, mean, I, I, I don't know, tell me, do most, most people have at least, at least one helper with them most of the day? It, it, I, I range in a gamut. A lot of guys are, are solopreneurs for sure. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're solo, I think you actually have more time than anybody because it's just, it's just on you. So yeah, getting up earlier, um, making the most of stuff and not scrolling. I mean, I think if any of us were to look at our phones and the, you know, the little thing that checks how much time you're on social media, guarantee everyone's on there at least two to three hours without even knowing it. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you know, you're sitting in a car, you're waiting for something, something you could check an email and then you scroll for seven minutes here and that's all. Well, I do it too. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like I'm guilty of it, but it's just being more self-aware is kind of the key, the secret to fixing all the problems in your life. So be yeah. self-aware about where your time, where your attention's going and try to just, you know, make, make some more time. Mostly it's, it's delegating, I think, for a lot of business owners. Well, and I don't think it has to be a lot of time. You know, I'll, I'll sit here and I'll say 15 minutes. If you can put 15 minutes a day into like actively working on your business to make it better, once again, it may not seem like a lot and you may not see drastic changes overnight, right? A 15-minute session of like, what what are my goals and where am I going or what process can I put in place to hold my employees more accountable? It might take you two weeks to develop it all the way out. But if you don't put in that 15 minutes, well, you're still two weeks behind and I'm not, right? I got it done. Now my employees are being held more accountable and I'm starting to buy back more time. And so whether it's 5, 10, 15 minutes, cut out uh, a TV show, whatever you got to do. But I think you have to find a way to make that time happen. I guarantee, especially with, like you said, scrolling on your phone or Facebook or Instagram or whatever nonsense you're holding, you like hanging out on and, and staring at most of the time you go in to look at one notification and then you spend another 15 minutes there, right? Somebody sent you a message and you're like, da, 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 da. And you reply or they're, you know, you're going back and forth on some post, but then they get you because they show you what the next little bit is, right? You get that preview and then you no, that's not interesting. Like, let me look at the next one and the next one. Oh, and the next. Okay. And now 10 minutes has gone by. You wasted 10 minutes. You did fucking nothing. <laughs> nothing. Well, you scrolled. You either, literally, uh... you scrolled. You didn't read. You didn't interact. You didn't comment. You looked at nonsense. There is so much garbage media in our lives that wastes our time and never oh, I don't have any time. It, like you said, you got plenty. You it's up to right, you to right. determine what you do with it, right? You get everyone gets the same twenty four hours. How are you mm-hmm. scheduling yours? And you just suck you know, at scheduling it. right now. And you maybe think of something too with, with that. Um, you know, we give away our power to a lot of things, whether it's social media or to a customer, right? I mean I've been in loops where I got, you know, a bad Yelp review and something so stupid that it made me mad. Like you were closed on Sunday, one star, and I'm like, am I not allowed to be closed on a Sunday for the last four? Or you've been closed only, for four only years chi- on Sunday. Uh, only Chick Fil A, sorry. Right, right, <laughs> right. And so when you give the, your power to something or to someone, it's it's, it's exponentially draining physically, mentally. So, you know, just looking looking at places like that, and that that was something that I carried from the doctors, right? And being sick was. I was giving my power to doctors via my treatment team and ha- and having no power myself and then feeling like 
my hands were tied or like I couldn't do something or like, oh, like this is bad. You know, this is not going to work because the doctor said that and not realizing that whether it's it's that or a business or a customer or an employee. I mean, I, I felt constrained by my employees too. I felt like they had me by the, by the mating ads, you know, once or twice because mm-hmm. I was so desperate to have staff that I would give in to things and say yes to things I shouldn't have said yes to because I wanted them to be happy so they wouldn't leave during the pandemic. And it was just me giving power away. And the more power I gave away, no matter what the situation was, the less happy I was, the less empowered I felt, um, the less I made good decisions. And it just is something that you don't even really think about that you're doing, uh, you know, but it, it can quickly snowball. For sure. Well, yeah. I mean, now yeah, now I have to keep it up, right? Oh, well, I gave them this and now they need this and this and this and down and down it goes. And then you're like, oh, I got to fire this person. Like, they just got to go. But how do I do it? You know, it, it's then how do you do it? Because I, I'm not going to be able to get it done without them. And I can't scale down. And you just look, I, I, I you've been through that mental loop. I've been through that mental loop. You want to know what the best decision is? Just cut the bleeding appendage off that's severed so you can get free and and go. I mean, I guess, you know, that drastic example with the, I don't remember the guy's name. They made a movie about it, right? He went and hiking by himself and bouldering or whatever, and the the rock falls on his arm. And eventually he's got to cut off his own damn arm because ain't no one coming. (laughs) No one's coming to save you except you. So sorry, like, you know, he that's the decision he had to make. But this is it's your business. No one's coming to save you. It's your business. You have to save yourself. And if you've set yourself up in a really bad position with the employees, I think people are afraid to downsize sometimes. And you Mm -hmm. might have a 20 person company, but if it is making your life absolutely miserable, Mm -hmm. why keep doing it? If no one's on board with the changes you want to make and the direction you want to go to make it easier and more simplified, cut out all the crap, cut them all out, fire them all, downsize, stop taking all the big jobs and start over because you're going to be able to build it back. You've already built it once. You can build it back, (laughs) right? Yeah. This time it'll be more efficient and easier. You'll have better systems and processes in place. Um, You you talked about, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, it's definitely a lie. We tell ourselves that bigger is better and it's, it's not And smaller, medium sized company will do just fine for the majority of people with, you know, peace of mind. For sure. You were talking about stress creeping in earlier and, and bad decision making. And I, I want to get okay. into like that loop that starts developing in your mind. So can you talk on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it, it's just a biological process. It's just nature doing its thing. So our body's going to fight or flight and from just being chronic stress. And it's like all your resources are going to surviving. So it's basically, it's, think of it as almost just the blood rushing from your head to make good decisions. And it's just going to your heart and your lungs and doing the things that are absolutely necessary to survive. And then you're just in a place where, you know, I mean, I knew I was making bad decisions at as I was making them, um, but I couldn't. It was almost like I couldn't stop myself from doing it because I felt so constricted that I, I didn't see it other way. I was like, it has to be this way. It has to be this way. Even though I had people that that were there, um, you know, telling me, "Hey, Amanda, you know, my wife, for example, she joined um, the restaurant like last year, and you know, not a restaurant person, so I wasn't listening to her. But she was also she's also just brilliantly wise and smart and amazing. So you know, and cares about me, right? Had my mm-hmm. best interests, obviously. And I just like couldn't even hear her because I was just so just not I just I was so tired, basically just tired and depleted. And I think this is where I made the mistake of not investing in a mentor or a coach sooner, right? And like people should be working with you in this industry because 
when you you don't want to get to that point but if you do you need someone you trust who knows the business who knows exactly what you're going through who can say hey hey hello <laughs> over here let's to like recenter like you know let's talk through it mm-hmm. because sometimes you just need to slow down and i think when you're in, in that you know stress mindset you're just trying to you know put fires out all the time instead of just like sitting down calming down and going okay step by step by step you just start reacting to everything you're not actually thinking um, a processes or you're not making decisions based off data you're just reacting to everything and that is where people start to go down that silver slope i i think there's no better example of an industry than flooring installers of people getting stuck in like a 12 inch view of their business because that's Mm -hmm. literally what we do is we go and we set flooring and you get a 12 inch view you're down on the floor you're close to it you keep putting in piece after piece and when you get stressed you're stuck in that view and to have, like you said, to, to go and find a mentor, a coach, whatever you need, somebody that's objective and, and understands that can constantly have that 30,000 foot view, mm-hmm. they're going to call you out on your bullshit. And you're not going to want to hear it, <laughs> but yes. you need to hear it. You know, I, my wife gets a great 30,000 foot view of my life and she'll tell me things all the time. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, what, whatever. All right. Okay. <laughs> And then like a month down the road, I'm like, da, da, da. She's like, yeah, I already told you that. Like, why don't you listen to me? And I'm like, because in the moment, like I'm, I'm in my <laughs> own place. Like, I can't listen to you in the moment. Like, it's not about that. Like, it's not that I don't know that she's she's smart. I just I'm so caught up in the nonsense happening that, you know, I'm stuck in this loop of, like you said, you just kind of make bad decisions because I have to solve this fire and put it out and, and go on. But when you have somebody that you you can trust and objectively look at and then you realize that they're actually helping you and and you need to be listening you'll stop making that and you will step back and and do it it's the the groups that i run like that's been one of the biggest things is they have four or five other people looking at their businesses from thirty thousand feet all the time they're like what are you doing why like why are you (laughs) doing like stop go this way like your goal's over here and you're like off in the woods somewhere doing ridiculous things that have nothing to do with what you're trying to accomplish. Right. And so you get, when you have those people to hold you accountable and objectively look at everything, yes, it makes a huge, huge difference in your life. Every penny. And people, I I remember, you know, when I first started, I had no money and I was like praying for mentors, but um, you know, and occasionally people came into my life that I didn't have to pay and I was very lucky. But I, if I looking back, I mean, that's probably the biggest thing I would have changed was, was paying, Somebody who had been through what I've been through, walked through, mm-hmm. you know, walked in my shoes, understood, who was also successful because don't take advice. Everyone will give you free advice who doesn't know anything and they're not successful or they, they're not in your industry. And those are the last people you should listen to. They're well-intentioned, but they don't know, right? Because industries are industries for a reason. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, find that person who knows who knows what they're doing, who's been there, who's where you, you want to be. Um, not even just financially, but even mentally. Like, you know, someone might not have a lot more money than you, but... They might have this part kind of figured out and, you know, yeah. successful will come there too. So for sure. And don't discount, like a lot of people are going to get upset. Oh, I got to, why would I pay for somebody? Like, why would I pay for a mentor? Such a waste of money. I can go get it for free. You can, you really can. You can go find someone <laughs> that's very successful to mentor you for free. Most of them want to do it because yeah. they just downright enjoy helping people, right? Somebody helped them. They want to pay it back. However, the hang-up becomes, it was free. There's no investment on your part in it, and you're probably yeah. not going to follow through. And this is where mm-hmm. it breaks down is, 
I've had people willing to mentor me. They, they still are. And I stopped asking for their help because I don't want to ruin that relationship. If you constantly go to someone and ask them to mentor you and they're doing it for free and you don't deliver results and show them that you're listening and changing and doing it, they will cut you off. You will burn that bridge and they will say, this is a waste of my time. I'm not going to do it. And so for you to put something on the line, such as money, now it hurts because you feel like an idiot when you pay for something and you don't use it and you know it's helping you you feel you start to feel real stupid real quick and you're like okay now i have to do it (laughs) because i'm spending all this money and i'm not getting the results i want and i know i would get the results if i would just go do the work and so so you just need some form of accountability built in there it's like uh people will knock bni as a as a networking platform because they're like, well, I can just build my own, right? I can go find a realtor and a plumber and a HVAC and a mortgage broker. And I could look, I, I have all those contacts. Could I form a, a networking group? Sure could. Could I make it free? Sure could. People aren't going to show up Tuesday morning, 9 a.m. every week when there's nothing holding them accountable to do it. BNI costs money for a reason. You paid in. Now you're committed. There was an exchange on your side. They gave you the platform. You gave them some money. So there, yeah, there's, I mean, people, there's a reason to it. People value money or time, and they spend the one that they value least, right? So the only spend a lot of time trying to you know learn something, or you pay money. And now, like after you know after selling my business and looking back in hindsight and the bird's eye view, I will always pay because it's the same thing. Like even when you like you can buy a cheap piece of wood or you know whatever it is mm-hmm. that you guys buy and it's what happens every single time it, it's shit right and then you have to you know buy a better quality anyway it's, it's, there's no mm-hmm. use to taking a shortcut so now i'm just in, in a position where you know even if it's a little bit even if it's a lot more than i want to spend if it makes sense i will i will always choose to cut the learning curve time now now that i'm a more seasoned entrepreneur mm-hmm. for sure well, and I, if you can't find a way to 10x that investment you've got other problems you know, if, if a coach wants a thousand bucks a month and they're going to give you, you know, depending on the coach, right. It could be anywhere from an hour to 10 hours. But if you can't find a way to 10 X that investment, doing what they're helping you do and to get to that next level, that's on you. Cause you're not doing what you need to do and don't get, there's a lot of bad coaches out there. Okay. A lot of coaches will call themselves a coach, but what they really are is a cheerleader. Mm -hmm. You probably don't need a cheerleader in your life, okay? You don't (laughs) need someone saying, oh, hey, you did it. Good job. Keep going, right? There's a lot of people that you will pay that will do that. That, In in my opinion, that's a waste of money. Go find the person that's going to challenge you and push you to actually become better and further along than you are. And that's why I'm saying if you can't find a way to 10x that investment, you're, you're doing it wrong and you're not you you have the wrong person because if i'm going to pay money into something that's an investment it better pay me back i better find a way to get more out of it than it cost me 1000% and a good coach will qualify you a good coach won't work with everybody either to take your money i mean i wouldn't you know i think there's there's people mm-hmm. i turn down just because i just i can just tell right i know who's going to do the work and who isn't and i want to have you know a roster of people who, who are doing well. And, you know, somebody, the people who aren't ready for that, you know, we'll give them different resources, free resources. I'll point them in the right 
direction of something that's either less expensive or um, kind of give them the homework to be able to come back to me and then work with mm-hmm. me because I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste your money. Right. And, um, it, you know, the whole, I think the goal for people who coach, right, for you is like impact. You want to take what you've learned and, and make an impact on other people's lives because that's what we're here to do. Right. We're all in service to each other in some sort of way. And if you can't do that, that was the yeah. point. No, I think that's that's an excellent point of like, I can give you, you know, hey, here's this thing, go do it. But that tests you, right? Yeah, Are you going to do it or not? Are you going to listen? Are you paying attention? Because if you come back and you ask for more, well, hey, look, I got this thing over here. But you have to go and you have to go and do it. I apologize about the cat, folks. It He's yeah. old. He's got dementia. He'll be gone one of these days. Aww. we're letting Love him hang in there uh, yeah he just if you can't hear him i mean i'm sure you can he's just back there howling away because he's got his dementia <laughs> all hours of the night too look i don't enjoy it it wakes me up in the middle of the night multiple times just it's great we are getting close on time for you though so but well no, I, I, I think we've kind of we've come kind of full circle on it. So what I want to do is I want to allow you where if people are interested in what you got going on, they want to talk to you about, you know, health or, or coaching. Go at like, where can they find you? Cool. Um, on Instagram, I'm at Fettle Founder, F-E-T-T-L-E. You want to get a visual? There it is. Um, and then uh, I'm at Amanda at FettleConsulting.com. So for someone who's interested in health, uh, my wife is an amazing nutritionist, too. So we can do a combination of mindset coaching, business coaching, health, a little bit of everything. Or, you know, we can divvy those up depending on what you need. But, yeah, for someone who's, who's struggling with mindset and kind of getting getting in the, the right place and turning some stuff around, um, yeah, that's, that's my specialty for sure. But, yeah, if anyone just wants to reach out, tell me your stories. I'm actually starting a podcast. Um, where I interview people with really cool health stories or inspirational stories as well. So feel free to reach out. Again, Federal Founder, Instagram, and Amanda at federalconsulting.com. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. I very much appreciate it. Uh, folks, I hope you got a lot out of that. It's not just... Look, I know we harp on systems, processes, numbers around here, but I love having these interviews every once in a while that are outside looking at mental and, and physical health because... It, it has we have to have this holistic approach to it. It one thing isn't going to solve it. And so we have to get everything get working it. in collaboration with, with itself to be able to move you on and forward in the right direction and being successful. Uh we've got a couple of words to close this out. I got a couple of reviews to read and then we will go from there. If you're looking for a powerful and convenient solution to streamline your flooring estimates, look no further than our cloud-based virtual estimating software. With this innovative tool, you'll be able to create detailed and accurate estimates in real time, right from the job site or your office. Collaborate with your team, manage projects, and access all the information you need to make informed decisions all in one place. Whether you're a seasoned professional or just starting out, this software will help you get ahead in the flooring industry. Try it today and see the difference virtual estimates now can make. Check out the link in the show notes to demo the program or visit estimates.flooracademypod.com. The highly anticipated new season of Tice TV from the International Surface Event is streaming now. Starting in April, Tice was premiering episodes of the Spring Product Collection series. This season deep dives into products and services from across the flooring, stone, and tile industry and impressive brands such as Shaw, One Floor, Laser Products, and more. Plus, there's exciting celebrity news. 
The new season is being hosted by the iconic Lisbeth Calandrino, who has been captivating the industry and her audiences with eye-opening points, practical tips, and engaging personal stories through her industry experiences, books, and motivational speaking. Discover more at TiceTV.com and follow Tice TV on Facebook for live airing alerts. All right. The podcast needs reviews, folks. Go go on Apple or go on. I think on Spotify you can only leave a uh, uh, like a, a number rating. I that I appreciate that too. But if you go on Apple um, or if you go on like whatever, if your platform allows you to leave a review, let me know and I will go dig it up and then I will read it at the end of a show because these are my last two. So you haven't been listening to me. Like please take the time. You ask people for reviews for your businesses all the time. We've talked about it on the show. Okay, this is my business. Help me out. Like, leave a review, please. It's not that hard. Take the take the two minutes and and do, do it. it. You know, do it, it. Look, it'll help the show reach more people. And you're still here listening four years in. Leave a review, man. Like, it it'll do everybody good. It'll do the industry good. So, Katie sixty four seventy nine says. Kyle has done an amazing job putting together a diverse range of topics for people in the flooring industry. He is an exceptional host who draws the best out of his guests and provides useful content to his listeners. A must-listen podcast for sure. CTI1753. There are so many episodes that I have listened to multiple times. Kyle and the guests he brings on have so much to share. Thank you, Kyle, and everyone who has been on the podcast. Thank you both for leaving the review. I appreciate it. Make sure you check out Floor Academy Pod. I've got files over FloorAcademyPod.com. I've got the file section over there where you can get the business budget calculator. You can get a job costing spreadsheet. There's interview questions for you to be able to use. You can go to the store, get a shirt, a hoodie, a beanie. We got options. You know, if you really wanted me to, I can I can put flip flops together for you. Okay, we'll we'll get that drop shipping company on it. You can have Floor Academy flip flops because it's summer now. If you want to help support the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash floor academy. Even $5 a month goes a really long way in helping me to continue doing what I'm doing. Uh, Thanks to the sponsors. Make sure you like and subscribe. Go check out the YouTube where you can watch the video versions of these and, and see all of the foolishness that occurs in facial expressions that happen. And then you can take screenshots and make memes of me and, and post them in the floor academy Facebook group where we're always having further business discussions. That'll do it for us this week. Thank you again, Amanda, for joining us, and we will catch you next week.